Good morning, everybody. It's a good Sunday. Now it's uh, seven months now. It's seven months. And what I'm going to do this morning is something that has also been stirring in my heart because it's now seven months and all kinds of questions are coming up. And some people are even asking, what sin has caused God to treat us this way? I mean, what kind of sin have we committed that we need to go through this? A very valid question. But for this morning, I would rather ask this question. What is God teaching us in these times? Let's pray. Father, again, seven months has passed and so many things has transpired in our lives, even in the lives of many other people, especially, of course, the church. And we need to ask these questions, dear God. What are you saying to us? Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a word in the Bible they call Selah. If you read the book of Psalms, Psalms 30 going up to 40 and 50, once in a while, as you read a verse, at the end it says Selah. Now what does it mean? Well, it means, one, it could be a, an instrument that once the verse has ended, somebody plays it. And so we need to pause and reflect what we have heard. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, you can also find several verses there. And then at the end, it says, Selah. And of course, it means to pause again, to carefully weigh the meaning of what we have just read and heard, and then praise God for who He is. In Psalm 66, verse 4, it says, All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name, Selah. Meaning, why don't you pause and calmly think about what you just heard? When I think about this pandemic, I say this could be the longest Selah. Because I believe that God is giving us enough time to think things over and reflect. This could be one of those times where we are going to experience probably the grace of God. This could be the times that we are going to sit down and really listen, listen to what God is saying. And so, what is it really that God is teaching us for a long time now? And maybe He can even extend this to who knows until when. 
And so what I am going to do is to give you some general principles for the Christian life. And I pray that this could be a helpful thing for all of us in these times of hardships and affliction. This might not be true to you, but this can be true to some people. But these are just principles that we need to look into after seven months. Okay? Very simple. For example, let's take number one. Since we can no longer meet the same way that we have done before, like Sunday service, we can no longer gather physically in the same way we did before, what do you think is God saying to us? Well, perhaps God is teaching us or training us to appreciate the vital importance of church community and making meeting together as a priority. Again, could it be that God is saying that we need to appreciate more small groups, that we need to experience more what it is to live in a community? Part of the core values of Victus is that we value small groups because we believe that people grow and mature faster spiritually in the context of being a part of a community. We were made for one another. We were made to belong to one another. That is why we have families. We have small groups. We have all kinds of communities here. Another thing is that we also understand that one of our purposes here is that on a Sunday morning when we have our services, we gather as a big community to celebrate the goodness of the Lord for what He has done to us, to our families, and to the church from Monday down to Saturday. And so we come together and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And we have been doing that for the last 30 years. But now that we are in this pandemic and we can no longer meet the same way that we did before, we are putting priorities to smaller groups where you can meet and belong into small communities. It's the same thing. You can still worship there, you can still sing songs, but in a more intimate way. So it's just a matter of the changing venues. We are still going to meet in the future with our Sunday services, but we don't know when. So in the meantime, we are just putting more emphasis on communities. And so some of you have already met in your subdivisions, in your neighborhoods. Some of you are meeting together with families and uh, instead of coming here, and that is a good thing because we have been receiving very positive feedbacks. The children can be a part of the service. The children are actually doing the, the praise and worship and the father can do the sermon and then they can even invite mga neighbors nila and be a part of a little community. 
So the dynamics are a little bit different. There is more intimacy in your small group rather than on a big corporate worship that we used to have. Again, many of you are already doing that and we are happy for you. So in other words, between now until the end of this year, we want you to experience this. I believe that God is only trying to tell us to go back into the book of Acts, the early church, and how the church started. And there was something there that we can learn because out of that small beginning, they were able to conquer the whole of Europe and Asia. And starting from a small band of people that the Lord has trained and equipped. So let's read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And let's see what was happening there at the very beginning. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, okay, that's the word of God, and to fellowship, the koinonia, to the breaking of the bread. They had communion. We are going to have communion on a Sunday. And then to prayer. Verse 43, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And the Holy Spirit was just moving in the midst of them. And all the believers were together and had all things in common. And they would sell their property and possessions and then share them with all to the extent that anyone had need. Day by day, now this one is good, it's day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Can you imagine? It's house to house and then day by day, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Well, this is where we want the eating together, you know? It's the eating together, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Wow. Day by day, people were added. Why? People would look at them and say, wow, look, look, these people are so joyful in spite of what is happening in, in their midst, the persecution, but they were so happy. They were caring for one another. They were loving each other. They were so united in everything. And so probably that would be the secret. There was so much unity there. And they magnified the Lord. And in the end, we can see how the Lord also multiplied them, 3,000 and beyond. So we can also see here that there are certain dynamics there that we need to learn from them. Number one is, of course, they were founded on the Word of God. They were practicing vital worship. They were promoting that caring relationship with one another. They were devoted to prayer, and they were trying to minister to one another. And that's the whole point. You know, when, when this happens, and normally this cannot happen in a big setting, but when you move to a smaller setting and you have all of these things that's happening among you, 
in their case, the Holy Spirit was moving in the midst of them and adding to them daily people were being saved. Beautiful. I, I believe this can happen again. And when this happens, it's something that is hard to, well, we can say it's hard to duplicate because it's God moving in their midst. And so we can see that whenever the church gathers as a body of Christ and not simply an institution, things like this happen. So ang na problema la sometimes is that it is a body of Christ, but there is a tendency to just move over here and become like an institution, simply an organization that is being run by people, by professionals. And the people who are supposed to be involved are just going to church and sit and do nothing. But today, for those who are a part of the community, everybody seems to be involved. So I believe that uh, this is really what God is trying to tell us. That in the meantime, he wants us to experience belonging to a smaller group of people, communities, where you can love each other, care each other, and provide for each other. Because that's the whole thing that we need to do as a body of Christ. Well, what do you think? Number two. In this crisis, it only reveals our individual weakness and vulnerability. Anytime, you can get COVID now. And COVID is no respecter of persons. The rich die and the poor die. And all of a sudden, you will find out that money cannot help you. I mean, just like that, overnight, overnight, people lost their job. I mean, people who would not even think that they would lose their job, you know, having a very secure job, but you can. Somebody was asking me if I know people who are selling properties, their land, because his brother is an international pilot, but he lost his job. I mean, an international pilot losing a job? Wow. And it could be anyone or probably you there sitting down and you lost your job and you cannot imagine that this would happen. Or ang business mo. Or you are an expert in another field, whatever, and then all of a sudden you can't use it. God is only saying, apart from me, you can't do it. And you know, the Apostle Paul, if there's anybody who has a tendency to be proud, it's the Apostle Paul because of who he was in the past. In Philippians chapter 3, 4 to 8, this is what he wrote, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. You know why? He said, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. In other words, akugid. And the reason? Circumcise the eighth day. That's the requirement of the law. Of the stock of Israel, pure breed kuya. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. 
Concerning the law, I am a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, look, I am persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. In other words, look, I have been trying to follow the law to the letter. But you know what he said? But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And because God loves Paul so much, there were other extra revelation that the Lord revealed to him. And with this, I'm sure, again, you might have the tendency to be very proud, but to balance everything in all of God's wisdom, God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh to make him humble. And he recognized this and he pleaded for deliverance. But the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And of course, this gave a world of insight to Paul. All of a sudden, he understood that God is just showing his strength through the weak things. And through the life of Paul, it's a very, very good example that your tendency to be proud sometimes, but just to balance everything, God gave him a thorn in the flesh. So he learned all of this. And in 2 Corinthians 11.30, this is what he wrote. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Wow. Show my weakness? I will boast of my weakness? Normally, we boast of our strength. Well, he learned his lesson, and he even went beyond that in 2 Corinthians 12, 10. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, what do you think? Is God simply revealing your weaknesses and all of a sudden you feel vulnerable that you can get COVID anytime. Let's go to number three. Because of this pandemic, perhaps God is saying to us to repent. Repent of what? Repent of our self-dependence and to learn to live by faith and prayer. You know, the longer that we are a Christian sometimes, we can slowly begin to feel that we don't need God. I mean, let's be honest. Through time, then the self-reliance can creep in and we begin to think, I am good, I don't need God, I can make life through my own effort and energy. I can do things on my own, my business, because I am good, whatever. You know, self-reliance is already there. The story of David and Goliath is a very beautiful and amazing story because it is a display not only of God's faithfulness and power, but also of David's dependence upon the Lord. 
we can only see here that David had nothing to rely on. He had no weapon. He had nothing at all. So the only thing that David depended was the ability and the faithfulness and the power of God. And that was enough. So he killed the giant that day, not because of his strength, not because he was a good strategist, but because he fully depended upon the faithfulness of God to give him the victory. I believe also that God desires to do the same thing in our lives in this crisis. Trying to test us if we can truly and fully trust him, to lean on him, just like David. We don't need a long list of credentials to qualify to be used by God. Simple dependence upon the Lord. And this is the whole point when we try to encourage you to have small groups. Okay, ang majority will always say, hindi kuya pastor, wala kuya kaagi Bible school, wala kuya katrain, God cannot use me. Wrong, wrong, wrong. God wants to use you. You are a minister. That is why I encourage you namon. So we, we have to change that kind of mindset. Ah, ilana, yeah, ah, ilana na. No, 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 no. God can use you mightily. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now the treasure spoken here is God in us. God in us. And so all the treasures of heaven are ours as a gift. And we can partake of that and we can even share that with other people in this very simple earthen vessel. You and I. And so God wants to use us and God wants us to share with other people His love and His power and mercy and all of this. But He needs us. Although we are simply the jars of clay, there's nothing that we have that we can produce to do what God wants us to do. It has to be God. It has to be God and no other. So take that confidence and be encouraged. God wants to use you in your small group. God wants you to lead in your community. Don't wait for somebody to have all these credentials. You can do it. We can help you. We can equip you. All you need is just your availability. And you can do it. Others have already done it. Okay? Let's go to number four. Many people are now very vulnerable because they are in self-isolation for a long period now. So what is God saying? I believe that God is simply saying, why don't you go locate them, call them, text them, visit them, do something for them because they have something that they need. And, and so they are alone. And so this would be the best time to look for them and to provide for their needs. And I know many of you have already done that, but there are still many, many more that we cannot locate. And we need you to do that, okay? 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Especially those with the extras in life. You know, it's about time that we can share all of this with other people. 1 John 3.17 But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And I like what uh, some of you have already did. You organized what they call the Project 419, um, coming from Philippians 419, and God will supply all the things that you need. They have already served about 400 people these food packs, you know, trying to locate those who are in need and give them something to fill in the gaps. And we need all of you to be a part of this. We don't know your neighbors. We don't know who are in need. You do. And so let's come together and do something for them. Number five, for several months now, we find ourselves restricted in our homes and communities. Okay, you're not doing anything there. You're sitting there for seven months watching Netflix, whatever. But since you are in your neighborhood, don't you think God is also saying it's about time to renew your evangelistic heart for your neighbor? Every day, hello neighbor, hello, hello, and then you're just saying hello to each other, and that's it. Maybe this is the best time to say hello. Pwede takapangapi. Surya-surya lang, surya-surya. And just be a bridge to the good news. And so well, having coffee, listen, and maybe listen. I'm sure they have something that you can pray for. So it begins there, and so you begin to share the good news. And remember, this good news is not a suggestion. Do you know this is a command that the Lord has given us? So uh, God is giving us all of these opportunities just to be a catalyst in your neighborhood to share the good news. Okay? It's exciting, actually. Hilawin nyo lang. Brad, kafeta, or pwede ta, may ibos ko di, may pamahaw di. Okay, share mo. And that begins the relationship and just wait for God's opportunity to share the good news. Why not? Romans 10, 14 says, How then can they call on Him they have not believed in? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And in verse 17, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So for all who have experienced the saving grace of the Lord, may the word of God in you bubble up like a hot spring that you need to just simply share it to somebody. Remember, God's word is meant to be shared. 
you have been a recipient of God's goodness, tell others of who He is. T tell them how God loves you. Tell them how God has healed you. Tell them how God has provided for your needs. That's all it takes. So, if ever you still have some doubts, Isaiah 55 verse 11, I want you to rest in knowing that God's word will not return empty, but will accomplish what God pleases. Sometimes, ang aton nga ginapin sir, away ko niya, hindi ko nikabalo, whatever it is, be faithful to the word of God. Ihatag lang, iya na ubras ang Holy Spirit. Just share the word of God. No pressure. Share it with love. And allow God to take over from there. Because He will accomplish what His will is. Well, why not? Can you imagine God could have found many other conduits to deliver the message, but now He chooses you to join Him in this work? Ikaw gid ang ginaplano ya to reach your neighbor. Wala na iban. So I guess we can say what an honor to share the good news of God's grace and love to somebody. Why don't you do that? Okay, why not? This is another opportunity. What if ining a pandemic will continue for a year? And at the end of the year, wala mabimashiran ng yung mga neighborhood. And if something happens to him, whoa, God forbids. Okay, let's go to number six. We find ourselves confined in our homes now. The children are there, the parents are there, relatives are there. What is God saying? I think God is also saying, why don't you deepen your relationship with your family? This is the right time. And why don't you put right any unresolved tensions that you may have say in your family? I think it's about time. God is giving us enough time to resolve our problems The families are in crisis today. Oh, the values are changing. It's so hard to raise a family today. The home is under attack. And so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, God's word is saying, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What do you think? So don't lose time. Before December. So by December, that would be a beautiful Christmas. That would be the best gift that all of you can receive from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number seven. In a pandemic, we find ourselves unable to do many things that we have taken for granted. Whatever you want. What is God saying? Perhaps God is training us to value what really matters in life now and then forcing us to give up our consumerism and idolatry. You know, consumerism, it means that 
It is the consumption of the goods and services that you buy in the market. And your goal is to be happy and your happiness depends upon obtaining more and more consumer goods and material possessions. In other words, it's all for yourself. You have been so consumed with materialism. Well, at the expense that the most important part of life sometimes, even church, even giving to people nga may, ka, may mga kakulangan. Well, Romans 14.12 says, Each of us will give a personal account to God. That's scary. One day, we will all have to answer these kinds of questions. What did I do with all the wealth that God has given me? What has my handling of my money and possession accomplished for eternity? Are we faithful in how we handle money? Oh, that's hard to answer someday. And people sometimes is magsiling na sila. I cannot yet give to the church. I cannot give my tithes. Pero kung lantawon mo, damo man ginagastuhan. You know, gastuhan. Now, probably, kung nawadaan ka na, and you say, ah, te, guro mo gito, no? You probably were never faithful in handling God's money. In Luke 16, this is what Jesus said. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large one. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Wow. So inning of principle invalidates ang tanantanga ginasiling if only if only I have money, if only I do this and I can do this for the church, then I can help other people. Uh, I think the issue is not what you are going to do with your million pesos, if you have it. I think the issue is, what are you doing with your 10 pesos and 100 pesos and 500 pesos that you have now? Why would the Lord give you dako? So don't miss this. Jesus made a direct connection between our present handling of earthly wealth and his future decision to entrust to our care another kind of wealth. So I hope you understand that, that if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So there's that connection between ang atong faithfulness of how we handle money here and receiving the true riches someday in the kingdom of God. So think about this, okay? Now let's go to number eight. Now that we find ourselves with so much time in our hands, what is God saying? I think God is saying, why don't you regain the habit of daily prayer and Bible reading? Kadako sang imong at simpo. Hindi man pagpatamitan aula, TV, Netflix, Read the Word of God, okay? Then let's go to number nine. Now we fear death and nakita naton the frailty of life. Oh, you can die anytime. You can have COVID anytime. Then you have seen some people die. And so you look at your life 
And perhaps God is saying, now I hope you have appreciated the assurance of the gospel. Now that you know God has saved you, and there is that assurance that no matter what happens, when you die, you go to heaven. Praise the Lord for that. Have you appreciated that? You are going to live in fear. And perhaps God is also saying to appreciate the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that gives you so much freedom from fear. Okay, no matter what happens, you know. You cannot live a life of joy. It's always a life of fear. So you just have to look at what is happening today through the Word of God. And maybe the, the, the other one is that this is the best time to appreciate the precious moments with your loved ones. I have always been saying this to church. How many more Christmases are you going to spend with your loved ones? Can you imagine that? And we know sino magsunod sino we don't know. So whatever mga moments nga madakpan ninyo, you appreciate that. Because life is very, very short. Okay, the next one is that since maali na ding lockdown and magalawig-lawig ni siya, we don't know. So maybe the lesson that God is teaching us, ah, muna ni pagtudlo sa ito, what is patience? Okay? Be patient. There's no other way. We don't know kung maglawig pa ni, kung maglipot pa ni, we don't know. This is the best time to learn patience. Drat lang taanay. And because there are many other things that God is teaching us, individually and as a church. In the meantime, we just have to have faith that God is acting out something good for us and he is simply confirming his love to us through this crisis you know this can change the way we respond to the crisis god is in control he's still there he's still sitting on his throne no matter what ang importante lang nya nagapamati nakita pito nakabulan so the question is what have you heard from the Lord? I gave you some general principles. I hope may natunan man ka. And if not, if there's something that you can learn there, give some time to pause and reflect. Look at yourself, look at the situation, and listen once again to what God is saying to you. Amen? Pray kita. Lord, seven months have passed. Enough time to pause. Enough time to listen. What is important, dear God, that we heard from you. And what is important is that we will do something. And so once again, bless your people. For those who are listening, sitting in their living rooms, in their rooms, with their children, with their families, Lord, bless them. And those who are alone, bless them too. And those who are hurting, send someone, dear God. And Lord, all the things going on, 
we don't know, but you do. And so we pray that you send people to be alongside, that there be a community of people all over the city of Bacolod. Lord, let the excitement come because this is what you want us to be. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.